Hey, this is Phil Lamar. And this is also Phil Lamar. And you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to the Nightmare Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Thursday, so we're going to talk a little bit of history. All week, we are celebrating Arthur Conan Doyle. He was born May 22nd, so happy early birthday. Happy birthday, man. Um, I mean, back in 1859. But it's been really, really a lot of fun like to separate him from his character of Sherlock. And today, we're going to look a little bit at his story and where, where he came from. So, first and foremost, his name, he was, his birth name was Arthur Ignatius Conan Doyle. And his last name is Doyle. That, this, this is going to be one of those Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster conversations. But his last name is Doyle. You look at all his birth records, his school records, everything like that. Even in the Library of Congress, he's under Doyle. But he, he kind of started uh, using it and other people started using it uh, compounding it together to be Conan Doyle but for for the sake of truth and everything his last name is Doyle not Conan Doyle um, yeah so I, I don't want to get that way but Artie was born like we said May 22nd 1859 in Edinburgh Scotland um, his dad and mom were hardcore Irish Catholics um, and he grew up, growing up though, he had a pretty rough childhood because the family moved around a lot, moved away because his dad had struggled with alcoholism really, really bad, uh, to the point where he was raised for a little bit by the aunt of a friend, um, while he was in school. And then a few, when he was about eight years old, they all came back together and tried to get on with their lives and stuff, but, um, Doyle, Artie, I'm gonna call him Artie still, Artie, throughout all this time, like, showed literacy to, all through his life, he wrote a lot of letters to his mom when they were away, and a lot of these are still intact and can be read, like, online and at various museums around the world and stuff, um, he was sent to a Jesuit school, and he just didn't didn't really like it uh they didn't teach any modern things like as far as medicinal practices and scientific theories and stuff he thought that they were still kind of in the stone age so he didn't he felt like he didn't learn anything there um and then he would go on to go to school in austria and he would do that you know they're like all right you know you need to learn german and stuff because that was a big language, you know, English and German were kind of the big languages back then. As he would go and learn and grow and stuff, he became agnostic. He drifted away from his faith and became agnostic. And um, a lot of people say it was because the schools, you know, he went from a hardcore, super strict school to one that was pretty lax, the Austrian school. So, I don't know. Uh, later on in life, he would be uh, like a spiritualist, a, a mystic, kind of like a Harry Houdini and stuff. But he he's a doctor, you know, he's a sir. So I don't know if it would be sir, doctor, or doctor, sir. I don't know. Um, but 
he would go back home in Edinburgh and study medicine. And while he was there, he started to write for various journals, I think scientific journals, and even wrote a his first fiction, which was The Haunted Grange of Gorsthrop. And it, it wasn't picked up at first, but now, you know, again, you can read it and things. He also wrote stories about poison and, like I said, various sciences and stuff. Then he would go on to work as a doctor on a whaling ship that traveled around the world and uh, met up and was kind of... He wasn't necessarily part of the whole expedition, but they met up and helped with an expedition that helped name and explore and uh, chart the Franz Joseph Islands. And so, you know, it's it kind of like I said, he really didn't do a whole lot with that, but it was worth mentioning because just to show all the things he's done in life. It's pretty crazy. And even after he got his Bachelor of Medicine and he got a Master of Surgery, he would even go and get um, the doctor, a Doctor of Medicine degree, which back then you didn't have to have to be a doctor, which is kind of scary, but he he got it. And you know, he said, dude's real smart. And we'll look in a second and see how he really was kind of a, a Renaissance man. You know, he could do just about everything. In 1882, he opened up his own practice with a friend, but apparently there was some drama there, and they broke it off pretty quick. And he moved with just $10 to his name, which is about $1,000 now, um, and set up a new medical practice, but it, it wasn't very successful. Well, at the time, because during this time, you know, he didn't have clients, he was just sitting around hanging out, he would write and he would start writing all his fiction and stuff and this is where um we you know he started to write Sherlock Holmes and, and things he also went to Vienna for a while to become an optometrist um but his German like wasn't that great so all these German words they were using he just he just stopped and he was like I'm, nah, I'm just gonna travel and tour the world and he did that and he said that you know, he never should have done that. It was kind of a, a, not a bad time in his life, but it was just the venture as a whole was a failure. Uh, but like I said, he wasn't just a doctor or just an author. His sports career was amazing. He was a goalkeeper in soccer. And he even played like on amateur and stuff under a pseudonym and stuff. Um, he was a cricketer, which, sidebar, I feel like that word should be a cricketeer, like a musketeer, musketeer, all of those things. A cricketer, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I literally know zero about cricket. So, who knows? But yeah, he was a cricketer, and he actually was really good. And he even formed an author's team with uh, Jan Berry and P.G. Wodehouse, A.A. Milne, and everything. Uh, he, yeah, even later on in life, like when he was in his 40s and stuff, was just really, really good. And then he was also the judge, one of the judges, at the first bodybuilding competition, which is is crazy to think about. Uh, you know, we, we still have bodybuilding to this day, and when it started way back in 1901, he was there. He was also an amateur boxer. Um, they asked him to come to Reno to referee 
a fight between Jim Jeffries and Jack Johnson. Uh, alliterative names, you know, if you were a boxer at the turn of the century, you had to have a name like that. But he ended up not going. He was also a golfer, and he was captain of the Crowborough Beacon Golf Club. Uh, any, everything like that. It was just crazy. He also, <laughs> he just keeps going. Uh, he was an amateur, he won the Amateur Billiards Championship in 1913. So even after he was famous for writing and stuff, he was still doing all these things. It's blows my mind. I mean, there very few, aside, I guess, from optometry, there's not really anything Artie couldn't do. And he was an advocate for so many things. I mean, he was uh, pro-vaccines. So he was like 150 years ahead of his time. And he uh, worked, helped with cases sometimes to prove people were innocent, you know, using his facts and stuff. He got into politics and endorsed a lot of people and uh, even like ran for parliament. I mean, the guy did everything. It's it's crazy. Uh, and you could, I mean, we could do a whole podcast, like, and I don't just mean one show, but like a whole series over him because you can get and look at his architecture. You can look at some of his other works and writing and everything. Uh, just really impressive. You know, one of those... You see a lot of people from that time period who were explorers and writers and so many other things, and he was one of them, you know? And I think all that experience really lent to helping with the creation of Sherlock Holmes, you know? Because Sherlock was very forward-thinking at the time, much like Artie was. And he used all these experiences to tell good stories, you know, that's what they say, you know, write what you know. Well, when you know everything, you're going to write good stories. And that's why Sherlock Holmes is such an endearing and long-lasting character. Even though Artie didn't like him, he actually wanted to kill him off earlier than he did, and then even when he did kill him off, he brought him back um, because money. Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But let me know, what are some of your favorite Sherlock Holmes stories by Artie Doyle? You can leave the code in out. You can let me know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everywhere. Just look for The Night Nerd. Otherwise, you can email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. But that's going to do it for me today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.